Hi everyone. Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to put a trigger warning at the start here. We will be um, discussing postnatal depression, mum rage, intrusive thoughts, um, abuse, and I just want to remind everyone, not that you guys need reminding, but just remind everyone, um, just remember to listen with kindness and love. This episode, it's we're talking about postnatal depression, mental health after having a baby, and it's it's real. You know, this stuff really happens. It's very common. Um, it's almost taboo to talk about. So um, the mum in today's episode, Simone, her and I are really taking a chance letting this sort of stuff out. So, yeah, please just remember to listen with love and kindness and just remember it's not pretty. It's um, it's actually going to be difficult to hear. Some of it's going to be really difficult to hear. But, again, it's all real. It's real. It's raw. It's real life. This is what happens. Um, and we're not sugarcoating it. We're just jumping straight in and talking about it. So, um yeah, let's get into it. Do you get much time where you're just by yourself? Never. Never. This is really weird. Like even packing up the markets <laughs> last night, um, Luke came and got Bronte because mum was with the kids, came and got Bronte so I could just pack up his ute and head home and I'm like, this is weird. It's weird to sit and not be like, don't touch that, don't leave that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> everyone welcome back to the our village needs podcast today we are talking mental health after having a baby and we are welcoming welcoming Simone back um Simone's going to join us and we're just going to chat yeah mental health after having a baby so hello Simone welcome back Hi, Shana. it's good to be back yeah thank you for coming back um we are child free today as well I know it's amazing so it's a bit weird but <laughs> But no, it'll be good. So I really wanted to get your experience with your mental health. Can I just start by asking what sort of births did you have with your children and do you think any of those births may have contributed to your mental health? I, all of, all three of my births were a bit different. Willa, we needed intervention. We needed, she needed to be vacuumed out and I was like having back-to-back contractions, no relief and mm. wasn't actually considered in labour. Um, so they had to induce me because Mm. it just wasn't stopping and wasn't, it was just, yeah, it was a bit rough, but after I had the epidural, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, they're good. Um, oh, they're amazing. (laughs) But because she had to be vacuumed out, I wanted to do it without an epidural with Cohen because I didn't want her, him to have the head trauma that Willa had. Yeah. Um, but the pain was really traumatic for me. Okay. Really traumatic. Um, to the point that I didn't know if I would have another kid because I was Mm. like, that's yeah that's not my cup of tea at all I know Mm. some women are amazing and can do it without any pain relief but Mm. no that really traumatized me and then with Bronte I walked in I'm like can I have the epidural please yep and that (laughs) was great it was just so chill and it was like the most easy labor she was great no intervention other than the epidural yeah it was just amazing yeah and she's the one I got 
postnatal depression with. Yeah, weird how that works. You would have yeah. thought after Cohen, you would have, yeah. after such a traumatic experience, you would have had the postnatal depression then. But yeah. So I think after it was just your relief that it was over and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll be happy now. Actually, yeah, nothing's <laughs> as bad as this. Yeah. So have you only had postnatal depression after Bronte, not after your yeah. other two? I was thinking about this the other day and looking back, I think that I may have had a bit of postnatal depression with the other two, mm. but it was manageable for me because it was just me and Willa. And so, yeah. I mean, my husband as well, but he, yeah. I could just focus on me and Willa and it was a lot more manageable and then when Cohen came along Willa was just the best big sister and I could just vote it was easier to manage and mm. I could get on top of it and then when Bronte came along three is a lot of kids like mm. a lot a lot of kids and I wasn't able to get on top of it and manage it yeah. and that's when it just mm. it's it spiraled yeah quite a lot snowballed and yeah, so I, I, I do, looking back now, at the time I didn't think it, I had it, mm. but looking back I feel like I did have it with the kids, um, Willa and Cohen, but it, I managed it a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Whereas with Bronte I just couldn't do it because I was every You've already part, had two other kids as well. Yeah, every part of my mental space, everything was just focused on the kids mm. and so I neglected myself in yeah. that. I don't know how people do like five, six kids. Oh, it, I, I don't either. <gasps> Don't get me wrong, it's the biggest blessing, like mm. the biggest blessing. I think that it's just absolutely amazing, but it is also one of the hardest things I think you would go through. Yeah. Um, so looking back to after the postpartum period with Bronte, what were the first signs of your postnatal depression? Like how did it present itself in um, you? Feeling at first it was like just feeling really overwhelmed. See, mm. I wasn't, I, I, did, I, I had a bond with my kids, mm. Um and loved them and I you know felt externally happy like I had beautiful kids we have a roof over our head you know wonderful husband we've got food on the table like I was so happy mm. and content but everything was overwhelming me and yeah. I remember speaking to my husband I said listen I think I've got postpartum depression I I feel like I'm on top of it now, but I am going to see my GP just because I don't want it to get worse because my biggest fear was getting postpartum um, psychosis. Yeah. I didn't want it to get to that point. So I spoke to my husband and my sister and said, listen, if you see any signs of mm. me not coping or not being on top of this, you need to intervene because yep. I didn't want it to get to that point. But, yeah, yeah. so it was that being overwhelmed and starting to get really snappy with my kids. Yeah, so like a bit of mum rage, is that yeah. fair to say? Or? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's not like I absolutely adore my children. I love mm. them so much, but the smallest little things, and they weren't even doing anything wrong. It's just the relentlessness. Yeah, they I, were just being toddlers. Yeah. And yeah. my brain couldn't handle it. Like mm. I was just overwhelmed by the questions or the pulling on my dress or the and the constantly just being overstimulated yeah. yeah and it was just like okay I'm not coping I'm mm. not coping and I I think I need to get on top of this because yeah. I yeah I, I I've seen how bad it can be with other people yeah um yeah. and I've heard stories and I think that's a good thing about it now is it is more of an open conversation yeah, that people definitely. are having so I yeah I, I knew that I wanted to get on top of it mm. and did um sleep deprivation play a big part in that like did that affect how you were coping like with everyday 
yeah, situations I, as well. Yeah, 100%. I am I, – I love my sleep. Mm. Like I love my sleep. If I could have a nap every day – that would just be that would amazing. be the dream. That would just be the dream. <laughs> like I say, my kids, they're like, I don't want to nap. And I'm like, don't you know how good you've got it? You can have a sleep. Um, so sleep deprivation is a huge thing. Huge. Mm. Even Monday. So wait, what day is it? No, it was it was Wednesday. <laughs> I um, was taking the kids to pre pre kindy at the EYP, and I walked in. Everyone's like, Oh, how are you? And I'm like, I'm wrecked. I'm mm. so tired. And I could just feel myself like I had to like really consciously check myself and be like, you are at the absolute bottom. You are like physically, I'm just like, can someone die from sleep deprivation? Like I was just like, (laughs) I think you can. (laughs) I think this is why they do this for torture. This is really bad. And I was wrecked and I just said to Willa, like, she doesn't have a nap anymore. I said, sweetheart, I'm sorry, but today you have a rest yeah. because mummy's not coping. I'm not feeling well. I'm so tired. Yeah, We all need to have a rest so that mummy can feel better after this. And it made the biggest difference. Mm. Um, but, yeah, sleep deprivation for me, even pre-kids, if I didn't get enough sleep, I was, like, so grumpy. <laughs> yeah, no, it really um, does a number on you, doesn't it? Yeah. Do your kids sleep okay? Like They do now. Yeah. Um, Camden slept horribly until 10 months. Mm. So 10 months of sleep deprivation. Mm. I actually had ended up with like, I think short term, but like memory loss. I couldn't. We have a whole phase of last year where he wasn't sleeping because he wouldn't sleep unless he was being held. Yeah. So Evan Evan would have to sit up in bed, like prop himself up with Camden like that and he would sleep like that at night yeah and because I I loved the idea of co-sleeping but I was just so worried about the safety yes aspect of it so I ended up sleeping actually in this room where we are now on a spare bed and Evan would be in the bed with the baby because I didn't want to accidentally but so Evan would sleep like this propped up in the bed I would sleep down here and that went on for months and I can't remember that phase wow I cannot remember like that whole block is just I, yeah gone. I cannot remember coming down here each night and spending the night in a different room yeah I just it's just gone from my memory like I just don't remember isn't that insane it that's just what it does to you it just yeah. makes you so crazy no well props to Evan for being able to he because yeah he's through the night. he's a lot more um like he doesn't get as like anxious like I do yeah. so he's so he's comfortable enough to sleep like that he yeah. knows that Camden's safe he knows nothing's gonna happen and we had the sidecar bassinet too so there was no danger of you know him rolling but Evans he can sleep lightly but still be rested whereas I would have been laying in there just like oh is the baby okay is the baby okay which I would do yeah um I would just constantly be awake checking and I just thought I can't no, you can't function. You absolutely can't function. I think that's a big thing. Like on top of the hormones, the the change in lifestyle, the not working, the like everything, mm. you're handed a baby after going through labour or a cesarean or something really traumatic yep. and you're not sleeping and they're like, oh, have fun looking after this yeah, tiny little person. Yeah, <laughs> see you, bye. Yeah. It's, it's, it's brutal. It is really hard. Yeah. And I think that more people need to talk about they do it's definitely happening to all of us oh yeah I'm an open book honestly like I play time (laughs) pre-kindy I walk in and I'm like oh my gosh I'm the worst mum today I yelled at my kids and like even on playtime on Thursday I had two mums say thank you so much for talking about this they're like 
I have been crying all week because I'm yeah. just so cranky. Because you think it's just you and you yeah, think, oh, I'm and such a, like, cow. Yeah, and when, you, when you're out and about, you see people being, you know, the best parents. And then, but then when you're home and you're in this situation where kids can just feel like they can be themselves and they can be ratty and they can, yeah, you know, be at you constantly, that's when you lose it and you yeah. just feel so bad. Like I, one of our neighbours goes to um, playtime as well. I said, do you hear me yelling at my children? She goes, no, if you can't hear me, then I can't hear you. And I'm like, okay, we're good then. But, yeah, no, it's definitely something that more people are going through than we realise. Yeah, so. definitely. So you decided, I know you touched on this before, but you made that decision to go to your GP early on. Yes. Um, so there, there wasn't a situation where something had happened and your husband or someone had said, look, we need to get you to the doctor. No. See, I am very um, self-aware and mm-hmm. mindful when it comes to how I'm feeling mm-hmm. and how I'm reacting to people um, because I had what well, I've had my whole life, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. which is pretty much PMS on steroids. And so, yeah, and so I, it's like, you know, all the annoyance and the pretty, all the PMS stuff, it's just a lot more. And so it can just make you really irrational, hormonal crying, you know, it's a lot. And so because I've dealt with that and because I've had such negative reactions to um, birth control. Okay. Yeah, and all of that I... I've always had to check myself and just yeah. make sure. So you are used to Yeah, used to I'm it. used yeah. to checking in and just being like, okay, how am I dealing with this? Yeah. How am I coping? And so I knew pretty early, like I feel like I got on top of it really quickly, mm. um, which is great. And I've got an amazing GP. She is just so empathetic and she's always got time for you and I just I adore her That's so beautiful. much. When you went to your GP, what was that conversation like? Um. Honestly, she is just like a member of our family now. I oh, so <laughs> between good. me and the three kids, we see her a lot. Yep. <laughs> with all their vaccinations and little bits. But um I went in, she's like, How are you? Like straight away, how are you doing? And I said, I think I have postpartum depression. And it was only probably, I don't know, two, three or four weeks earlier that we did that mental health check and, you know, yep. went through and she goes, how are you dealing? And I'm like, do you know what? I feel good. I feel great. I'm on top of things. It's funny how it just changes. Hey? Yeah. And it was just a switch flicked and I'm mm. like all of a sudden not coping. Yeah. Yeah. Not dealing with things. Um, and, yeah, so I said, she goes, okay. She goes, that's great. Thanks for letting me know. Went through the mental health check again and she goes, right, things have changed do you, you know, what are you doing at home? And she goes, are you exercising? And I said, I, no, I'm not. And I want to, but that is beyond me at the moment. And I, I honestly, I used to love exercising. I love being active. I love being physical, but as a mum with three kids, I don't. It's a huge task to go for a quick walk. Yeah, it takes like an hour to get ready to go for a 30-minute walk. Exactly. Oh, my God, you've taken the words right out of my mouth there. Yeah, and then, like, the kids complain the whole time and you stop starting so it's not a good workout. Like, because it's like, Mum, my shoe fell off and I don't want to sit in the cram anymore. I'm tired. Yeah, and it's just. I don't want to walk. Yes. I'm thirsty. I'm 
hungry. I know. And I'm like, well, me too, kids, but let's just do this. Yeah. I'm thirsty and hungry too. <laughs> let's just do the walk. But yes. you can't blame them because they're just being kids. But yes. it's you just weigh it up and you're like, honestly, that's just not worth too it. hard basket. No, yeah, because you don't get you sweat on and you don't, you know, you're not losing your You breath. come back more stressed than when you initially <laughs> went for the walk. <laughs> yes, and it is just rough. So, yeah, we figured that out and she goes, are you eating well? And I said, no, no, and that's why another reason I know that this is bad because I'm reaching for the wrong foods, whereas, you know, when my mental health is good, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And she goes, okay, um, she goes, well, I was already on antidepressants at that point because and how old was Bronte uh when this conversation took place I'm going to say about two months okay yeah yeah she was about two months so it was within that first three month period and and you were already on the antidepressants yes so I went on antidepressants after I had Willa to help me cope um so yeah so I was already on a low dose and then I think it was at the earlier appointment, like after Bronte was born, I said, I think I can come off these. Like, it's mm. great. And she goes, let's stay on them for now. She goes, hold your horses. Like, Yeah, because they're a bit on. brutal to come off, aren't Yeah, they? she goes, you're still, your hormones are still heightened. You're just adjusting to being a mum of three. Mm. Let's just see how you go. We, and was we'll, it sertraline you're on? Uh, no, um, fluoxetine. So okay. um, I think it's like a more broadly known as Prozac, but yeah. So okay. Yeah. Zoloft is the sertraline that I'm. Oh, um, okay. Zoloft, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's so many options out so there. So many. Yeah. And I think so it's many. good knowing that there are options too, because I know people who have been like, oh no, I went on that and it didn't work. So I can't be on medication. I'm like, yep. you just need to find the thing for you. Yeah. If it's something you need to help you function and to get through this rough period in your life, mm-hmm. you just need to find something that works for you and you need a supportive GP to help you do that. Yeah. And to yep. make sure that you're yeah, on top of things that way. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, she was really great. She's like, all right, well, we'll up your dose. Um, if you're happy with that, we'll go up to this and um, I want you to check back in with me in a couple of weeks. And she was lovely. She's like, and you call me. If there's a problem, you call me um, and I'll get you in. I'll make sure that I can see you. And, yeah, and we went up a dose and I'm like, yep, no, that's helping. Yeah. And I was checking in with my husband again and just, you know, keeping him updated on how I was feeling and what steps we were taking mm. and just constantly reminding him. That's so good because it, it's really hard to be really open and say, look, this is how I'm feeling. Like, yeah. So that's so good that you're able to do that already. Oh, yeah. No. And and I guess because you have had that practice, like you were saying yeah. earlier. Yeah, no, and it, it definitely helps. But my biggest fear was, again, the psychosis yeah. because I had read an article, I think I was pregnant with Bronte, about a mum who had taken her children's lives. Mm. And the, I remember in the article her husband is going, please, please do not attack this, my wife. She is actually an amazing mum. Mm. She was not herself. She doesn't actually realise what she was doing. And that scared me. I'm like, how That's can you go so from being an amazing mum yep. to doing that to your children? And I said that to my husband. I said, because she didn't realise what was happening. And mm. I, started, I was like, you need to make sure that I'm okay mm. so that our children are okay. Yeah. And I check in with him like daily He'll be like, how, you know, how, how was your day? How were the kids? And I'm like, honestly, I was so cranky at Willa this morning, but I'm like mm. telling him all of the negative stuff. He probably, he gets home, he's like, oh, my gosh, my wife is the worst mom ever <laughs> because I'm telling him all of the things because I just want him to know exactly what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Just in case 
I needed that extra support from him and I needed him to be like, no, we're going back to the doctor. So, yeah, I think it is really important to be open about that. But Mm. Because you can see the whole motherhood is so, can be so stressful and, you know, the sleep deprivation, you can sort of see how perfectly good people just snap one day. Yeah. I remember reading something years ago about a a dad, just normal mum and dad had a baby and he was a baker so he was up during the night baking and he'd come home from work in the really early hours of the morning just sleep deprived exhausted and the baby wouldn't stop crying and he like just flipped mm. and harmed the baby and that's all I remember of the story but I remember reading the article and everyone in the article is just saying they were just you know your typical mum and dad like yeah. not bad people at all yeah and just this one moment yeah and that changed everything and that was always something that was really scary to me as yeah. well because I just I just thought oh my god what if I got to that point one day where you're just out of your own mind like you're out of your own body and you just flip yeah yeah because one quick second and then it's all different like everything changes and and that's really scary too parenthood brings out the absolute best in you Mm. and then pushes you to the limit like it brings out the worst in you definitely does it's hard i Mm. remember reading an article about um shaking baby thing and i was talking to my friend going how can a parent do that and i think it was pre-kids actually yeah pre-kids how could a parent do that to their child and she goes i understand it I she do. goes, I, I get well. it, especially if you've got a colicky baby or all yep. of that. She goes, you just want them to stop screaming yep. and you feel like you're going crazy. So after five hours of screaming, you haven't slept properly for yep. like four or five days, you just want the baby to stop. She yeah. goes, I never harmed my children, but I put them in a cot and mm. I walked away. Yeah. I walked away. They were still screaming because I knew that I was going to hurt them if they yeah if I didn't just leave them and I'm like wow that's those really scary things that we don't talk about like I've never been in a situation where I got to the point where I've hurt my children either I've never done that but I've definitely had that intrusive thought of I can see why people shake their kids yeah and and just in a moment of pure just frustration frustration, not like oh, I'm an abusive parent, but I can see how perfectly good people just snap. Yeah, and, you know, I my lowest moments I've screamed in Cohen's face. Yep. So Cohen, he's 23 months now and he has big emotions, very big emotions, lots of screaming, lots of tantrums, you know, love him to death. He's full on. Mm. Yeah. And I remember once I was putting him in the car I was out the front, like I wasn't inside, you know, it was neighbours were all around and putting him in the car and he was just screaming. He was just mm. screaming for no reason. And they do that arch thing, like they yes. don't get into their seat. They so you got to stiffen try and, their body like yeah. they're trying to win a freaking planking competition. Yeah. I'm like, will you just sit in the seat? And I just screamed, like, stop. Mm. And he stopped and he looked at me like, oh, my gosh. Scared. Yeah, that's is, I've had very yeah. similar situations. It's just awful and you just realise I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm a monster. And Mm. same thing happened with Willa. So I've been really good for a week. Mm. One week, I think it was last Saturday. Oh, I'm up to eight days. Um, I've been good. I haven't lost my temper with my children. My reactions to them have been reasonable and everything's been good. But it was I'm really consciously trying to react positively to them because Mm. I think And that's hard. 
oh, to constantly gosh. be thinking, yeah, yeah, be you know, be better. And it is, it's exhausting, mm. but I need it, and I'm kind of hoping that the um, it, fake it till you make it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really hoping that kicks in. Yeah, it's not, and you just that. feel again, you feel guilty. Mum guilt kicks in. You're like, great, so now I've gotten cranky at my kids. They're scared of me, mm. and I just feel like the worst person in the world. And so after that, I'm like, I can't do that again. Mm. I can't scare my children. I don't want them to be scared of me. I want them to do the right thing because they know that's the right thing to do. You know, and we probably will do it again. Yeah, and that's it. I know that too. But I just said, really do you know what? One day at a time. And I just yeah. kept saying to myself, "All right, just let's just try and get through today without yelling." And I got to the end of the day. My husband, I think that was on the weekend, mm. and my husband came home from the farm and he goes, "How was your day?" And I said. I did not lose my shit at my kids. He's like, oh, well done. <laughs> yep. That's great. And Big I'm like, wings. I'm really proud because Will has been doing this and Cohen's been doing this. And I, I kept my cool. I responded reasonably. He's like, well done. Well, mm. and he goes, because hats off. And he always says to me, he goes, I couldn't do what you do. I admire you so much. You're a great oh, mom. Like he's really supportive in that way. So nice. It is. It's yeah. lovely. So I think it's good for him when he comes home and I'm like, I handled it today. It yep. was great. And so I just thought, okay, let's just do it one day at a time. And now I'm up to day eight mm. and it feels amazing. Oh, and I know, I know that I'm going to get to the point where I'm just like, oh, my gosh, Willow, what are you yeah. doing? Or can't deal with Cohen's tantrums. I'll deal with that moment mm. and then I'll try and do another day. Like that's, yeah. that's how I'm coping at yeah. the moment. And I think it's all about repair too, like rupture yes. and repair. Um, yes, absolutely. Taking accountability. Yeah. Saying I'm sorry that I'm cranky, I'm overwhelmed and, yeah, sorry. Yeah, because I I know for me and I know what I've learned since being a parent as well is that as well is that so much of your childhood trauma comes up in your parenting. So yeah. rupture and repair, but repair is a huge thing for me because yeah. as a kid there was never any repair. Yeah. There was no like anything that happened, um, like getting yelled at or whatever, there was no repair after it. It was, well, you shouldn't have done this and I wouldn't have had to yell. So now for me, a big thing is repair. Yes. So I can yell at one of the kids or say something that's not very nice and I will always come back and repair it, whether it's straight away later that day, that night sort yeah. of thing. And that's it. The nighttime routine for me is very much, a, you know, if like I still do the rupture and repair through the day mm. as much as I can and then at nighttime I'll say to Willa, like because Luke puts Cohen to bed and I'll do story time, put Willa to bed. Mm. And I said, sweetheart, I'm so sorry for being so cranky today. I've just been really overwhelmed mm. when there's lots of noise. I don't cope very well. It's hard when I, you don't listen, but I understand, blah, 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 and I talk to her about it. And then she goes, you weren't grumpy, you were happy. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, if you want to remember it that way, that's good. That's yeah, good. You that's remember it so that way. Good. I, yeah, I will do the same thing to Em and I'll say it wasn't very good that mummy yelled, was it? Yeah. Mummy tries really hard not to yell but mummy needs to handle that better. And yeah. then she's like, yeah, you do, mummy. Yeah. It's not nice. It's not kind, da-da-da. Yeah. And I sort of am like, I know. But but then in the back of my mind I'm like, well, you should have just done what I asked you to do because <laughs> they don't listen until you yell. And that's it. They're like, why are you yelling? I'm like, because you didn't listen the first 
40,000 times I asked you to do something. I will ask Emerson oh. to do something and then it'll get to the point where I'll say, I'm going to ask you one more time nicely and then I'm going to start yelling. And then she goes and Really? I need to start doing that then. Because I, mean, I, I can feel that I'm getting frustrated if it's yeah. just something like go wash your hands for dinner. Yeah. Um, and no, I'm not ready. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And I'll say, I'm going to ask once more nicely. But then I'm going to start yelling and yeah. that usually will, she'll be like, oh, man. Yeah. No, <laughs> but, yeah, so really the, the repair, rupture and repair is such a huge yeah. thing. And for us to be able to be like, hey, it's me. Yes. You know, it's not your behaviour that's made me react this way. Yeah. I'm in charge of how I react. Yes. Yeah. So, And I think that's really important. Like no matter what situation we put in, we are in control of how we react. Yeah. And I say, and I even do, oh, looking back now, I do a lot of rupture and repair with my husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, because he, he cops it. Like, he gets home. And I remember that one time I was yelling at Willa, it was like a week or two ago. Um, and I was like, you need to stop. I've asked you so many times, please stop. Please stop pushing Cohen. You're upsetting him. Mm. And I was just like, please just stop. Mm. And. She sort of ran away laughing and then I walked back into the kitchen and my husband was like, oh, you know, watch out for Simone. And I'm like, just don't. Just don't do that. And so we do a lot of like when we go into bed, kids are in bed and we can actually talk. I'm like, I'm sorry. I am really sorry for how I acted towards you. I said, but. I was just not in the mood. And he's trying to lighten the situation, but it's, yeah. It's yeah, like read the room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Read the bloody room. And, you know, he does this thing where if I'm really overwhelmed, and this was like pre-kids, like it's he doesn't do it with my postpartum depression or anything involving the kids because he knows. Like, mm. But b- before that, if I was really overwhelmed with something, he'd blow on me to cool me down. <laughs> and at first I'm just like, don't friggin' blow on me. But it helped because then I'd be like, oh, my gosh, you were such a goose. And, you know, it did. It lightened the mood and it really helped. And now my son does it. And I don't think he's never even seen his dad do it. Oh, but I'll be like, buddy, just get off me. I'm really hot. I just need space. And he'll blow on me to cool that's me down. And I'm like, oh, gosh, this is funny. That's but, yeah, so no, sorry, cute. we digress. But, <laughs> no, yeah. this, is, this is what this yeah. is what it's about. Do you guys check in during the day, like when you've got, if you've got like a minute when you're passing, in passing, or do you sort of save it for? Oh, no, we check in constantly. Yeah, so um, often my husband. If you're both at home sort of thing. Yeah, if my husband is working, he's often out of service, like Mm. he's out working in the forestry or out in Whoopwoop, like because he's an earth mover. Mm. Um, But when he's in service, he'll even, if he knows I'm having a rough time, he'll drive somewhere at Smoko to get service to say, how are you doing? How's your day going? I what hope the kids are egg. good for you. He is. What a and good I, egg. Yeah, I need to remind myself that sometimes when I'm like absolutely pushed to the limit. Yeah. Um, but he is. He's such a good dad. He's a great husband. Like I'm just very lucky yeah. to have him. Um, and, yeah, so he's checking in with me constantly and I always check in with him. And, like, at home he's like, how are you going? Or I'll be like, just heads up, did you see how great I handled that? Yeah. <laughs> um, but. And I'm checking in with him too, going, how are you handling things? I know that everything's overwhelming with me. I just want to see how you're going. He's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm fine. Oh, and that's so good. He is, 
the most cruisy guy. Like I don't, and I feel like you need someone like that in the relationship. Like oh, yeah. full of anxiety. That's, and, yeah, that's Evan in our oh, in our great, relationship. Like yeah. I often say to my husband, I'm like, I couldn't be with me. I no. need I need you. God, no. And he's like, <laughs> the same. I couldn't be with me either. No. So it is good having someone who is a bit more chill. But I I keep reminding him. I'm like, just because I'm not coping, and I, I said I don't want you to feel like you need to be okay for me yeah I want you to know that you can have these emotions he's like okay thanks I guess I'm like he's like I'm okay though and I'm yeah. like okay but just oh how do they do it oh I don't, I don't know. know how they do it like Evan and Water I off a duck's back for them yeah isn't it? bastards so Evan and I will check in during the day but we have this thing that's just sort of developed over time it's like a non-verbal check-in um where I don't know it's hard to explain but as we sort of make eye contact like we'll sort of narrow our eyes at each other like Uh, an evil sort of like that and if we do that to each other that means that's our non-verbal way of saying we're we're good we're all good like I'm okay I'm okay or we'll give each other the finger when we catch each other's eye and it's just like a non-verbal way of being like yep I'm cool I'm cool sort of thing so like if he looked at me and gave me the finger and I didn't do it back he'd be like oh Mm. something's up isn't that funny? Yeah, it's just little, funny little thing. on it is. <laughs> She's like, oh, he's not flipping me off. There's something No, wrong. and it's not. It's literally just checking in. Like, you know yeah. how sometimes if couples, when they walk past each other, they might like like a little tap on the shoulder or yeah. just like a pat. Yeah. That's our pat is to yeah. be like, oh, like narrow our eyes. Oh, no, that's other. so cute. I think that um, really comes back to you guys being high school sweethearts yeah. as well. I think that's just yeah. the cutest thing ever. So... You've been diagnosed with postnatal depression, but you sort of feel like you're on top of it a bit. You've gone to your GP. How did your husband cope with that diagnosis for you? He's just great. Like mm. he's really supportive. And I I don't think that I would have coped as well had I been with someone else who wasn't yeah. so chill yeah. about it and yeah. accepting. And he very much accepts me for me and loves me for me and all my flaws and everything, so mm. I am really lucky. Yeah, oh, that's to have so that. that's so good. Yeah. And so you have like your medication that you take, and how else do you cope? Do you see a psychologist or a therapist? Do you like what else do you do that I, helps you get by? I do um, some. I do a lot of mindfulness. Okay. Um, and self work. So I I used to see a psychologist every year. I'd go for a check in having kids. Mm. you just don't have the time to do that like my kids weren't in daycare so I didn't have any time to go and chat for an hour without that distraction of them Mm. so I lost that and it's actually talking to you now I realize how impactful that has been on my life yeah but yeah Mm. other than that I do a lot of mindfulness um I do hypnotherapy I've yeah. got um, with Clear Minds Hypnotherapy, I've okay. got, yeah, package and it helps get over anxiety and I've got um, hypnotherapy sessions on postpartum depression as well. And yeah. it's really funny because at, <laughs> at the start of the sessions, it's he says, um, you um, you can just relax, no one needs you for anything, and then straight away that brings me out of the session. I'm like, <laughs> Bull, yeah, bull. Everyone's <laughs> asleep and they are going to need me in a second. So it's quite funny, but um, but it is a very handy tool to have at home. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely I'm very much a work in progress. And oh, aren't we all? You know, I've had a good week, but I even I had this conversation with Luke last night. I said, I've had a good week. It could mean that I'm on the improve and that things are just going to keep slowly getting better. 
I said, or it could mean I'm going to crash. Yeah, so I don't know. It's, it's going to be quite interesting to see how the next few weeks go, but I'm prepared for it, for better or worse. I'm, yeah. Um, you know, and I keep telling my husband, I'm like, let's just see how it goes and be yeah. prepared for whatever. But he's great. He knows that this is just a rough time in our lives. It's, you know, just a moment, a stage, and we've just, we will get past it. Yeah, and just I like will... you got past the newborn phase. And, yeah. Yeah. What advice would you give to another mum who's going through the same thing? Talk to your GP. Yeah. And I don't say this as in, oh, medications will help that. Mm. I say this as in postpartum depression is a medical condition. It's, it, it's I, I feel like it's actually not until you go through it, you don't realise how bad it can be. Mm. And it's important to have medical support. Yeah. Um, if you don't want to take the medications, still talk to your GP. Yeah. Um, because it's, medication's not the only option. It's not the only option. Mm. And it's important to have someone there who can look out for the signs, who you can check in with, talk to your partner, talk, just talk, let people know what you're going through, mm. really understanding can I, can I change this, can I control it, mm. and just accepting, accepting like this is the way things are, I can only control how I react to it. Yeah. And like if Will is having an absolute meltdown, I can't control her. I can't. She's her own person. It would be nice. but Yeah. Oh, exactly. It would be amazing if we just, you know, little remote control switch going, yeah. oh, yeah, I'll fix Mute. that. Um, but, yeah, I can't control it. And I need, and I think that that's a massive thing is accepting when you've got depression is mm. going, I, that's a section, that's something that I don't have any control over. I'll let her deal with that and then I'll just focus on the things that I can yeah. sort of. Yeah. But, yeah, that I don't know. I feel like everyone has different tools that work for them, but they're the things that mm. get me through the day. Okay, so I guess um, I will, my turn to share my postnatal depression experience after having Emmy. Um, gosh, I do think, where do I even start? 